Hi, welcome to Building a Business That Lasts. My name is Jay Owen, and I'm your host. On a quest towards stories, tips, and ideas that will help you grow a business without being stressed out, worn out, and ready to quit. Each week, I'll interview other business owners who have successfully grown businesses of all types for many years. It's my hope that these conversations will help you build a business that lasts. If you've been thinking about starting your own company, or maybe you've been in business a few years and experienced some early failures, this episode is for you. I talked to Mikhail Skalski, and he is uh, a Polish resident who worked as a database administrator for years and years at a large media group in Poland, and he's transitioned now into being an author. Uh, he never wrote before, but now he's written 16 books. So he uh, has a powerful story about mindset, about uh, not giving up, about perseverance that I think is going to help a lot of people out there. Hey, real quick, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer on my brand new book, Building a Business That Lasts, just like the podcast title. It just came out, and you can grab a free copy today. All you've got to do is cover the cost of shipping and handling. I can't wait to get this in your hands. Go online right now and grab your copy. Just go to getjaysbook.com. That's getjaysbook.com, and you can get your free copy sent right out to you. So go check it out. Without any further ado, here's my interview with Mikhail. Hi, Mikhail. Thank you for being on the show today. Hi, Jay. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about your story. You know, I love having people on from all over the place. I've got to talk to people in uh, Australia. I've had some people from Canada, but I've never had anybody from Poland. So you're the first one. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. So what I love to start out with is just hear a little bit about your story. You know, this show is all about talking to entrepreneurs and business owners who are looking to build a business that lasts. And I love to kind of get the story behind how other people started their businesses, what's working for them, what's not working for them. But first, like, just tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? And, and what has kind of led you uh, down this path of entrepreneurship? So seven years ago, I was a hardcore employee. I didn't even think about starting my own business. Uh, mostly because of my faulty personal philosophy. Uh, I just thought that success is not for me because it's something grand. Then I read the book, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson, uh, when he uses uh, uh, the, the philosophy of Jim Rohn. Uh, success is a few sim simple disciplines repeated over time. And it really struck me and I like take the inventory of my past successes. And sure enough, I found that every time I succeeded at anything, yeah, there was some little discipline behind this success. So maybe, maybe success is not a grand thing after all. Uh, so I decided to, to try this philosophy. And after the first month, I was hooked up and decided really to change my whole life. And one of the first, well, really even not one of the first, but before I started, what pushed me over the fence was I extrapolated my uh, financial results and I concluded, well, being an employee, I cannot have a life I want to have. So I need to start a business because I also know the job market very well. And I knew that like being in one top percent of earners is 
what I'm after. And as an employee, it was really, really hard to achieve. But so I had no clue how to start a business, what to do with, with that. Oh, uh, I had no role models. Uh, my father had a business and he bankrupted. Uh, my uncle had a business and well, he still have it, but it's really a struggle. And I remember two, three years ago, he had to get a huge loan just to pay his people. So I really had no role models. So it was a wide ride to, to get where I am right now. So you used to be a database administrator. Is that right? I'm, I'm still working quarter time uh, in the corporate. But yes, database on the straight. Okay. So you mentioned the book, The Slight Edge. I've not actually read that yet, but I've heard a little bit about it. And I love that idea of a few simple things over time. You know, I got to listen to a guy. Have you ever heard of a guy named John Maxwell before? Of course. Yeah. So he's probably the most preeminent leadership author that's alive today. I'd say he's written 82 books, um, which is pretty crazy. And he was talking at an event the other day and, and they said, you know, how is it that you've been able to write 82 books? I mean, that's, he's 71 years old. So that's more than a book a year. That's a lot of books to write. And he said, you know, I just do a few simple things every single day. And the story that he gave was really powerful to me. It kind of reminds me of that book that you're talking about, because he said, imagine yourself having a huge tree that you have to cut down in the backyard. And you've, all you've got is an ax, a single ax to go cut that down. And he said, you know, what happens with a lot of people is, you know, they, try and go out there and cut the whole tree down in one day and you just can't do it. He said, but, but if you go out there every single day and just take five swings at that tree, eventually that tree will fall. And it's the same idea that you're talking about with a lot of simple activities over time make a really big difference. Absolutely. I, I, I decided that I want to be a writer. I had no clue what that means. Uh, I'm so uh, amazed that it took me two months before I realized that, well, writers write, so I should start writing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, and but uh, since 2013, since September 2013, I've been writing every single day. I published 16 books. Uh, so, well, maybe I will catch up with John one day. <laughs> That's awesome. So I actually didn't know that. I don't think I had it in your bio that I had prior to this. So you've written 16 books, you said. I've written more than so, that, that right? I can do 16. Wow, okay. So what's the primary uh, topic that you kind of t- typically write about? It's personal development, and it's based on my uh, own experience. Yeah, this simple role that small disciplines repeated over time equals success. Uh, I employed it in different parts of my life, uh, from fitness for business, uh, to just changing my philosophy. And I write books about those specific topics and how you can employ specific habits to reach that outcomes I reached. Well, that's awesome. I've only written one book and I felt like that was a lot. So I can't imagine writing 16. I think it's really interesting that you said, you know, you weren't an author or you weren't a writer and then you're realized writers write, so I better start writing. That's such a great line, actually. But I'm curious, with that very first book that you published, because you said you weren't a writer and you started writing, you said, okay, I finally put together enough information to call this thing a book and it'd be valuable enough for people. At that point, what was it 
you know, how did you get to that point where you felt like you were able to get enough together? Was it, was it just that activity of doing the same, you know, simple things every single day? Was that the secret or was there something else? Well, it's always a mix of things. And definitely, uh, it was a great contributor because I've been writing for, had been writing for like three months every day, almost every day. I, I skipped uh, Sundays when I got this idea for, for my first book. And really, it was my friend who pushed me to, to do that. And she read one of my blog posts and said, Michal, I think it's really interesting and it can help a lot of people. Why won't you write a, an e-book about this? And I was at the moment thinking about writing a book. I just didn't have the uh, uh, have a topic, so I decided. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea. I uh, made a quick research, and I found that really there is not much about writing personal mission statement. I got this idea from uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, and I decided to write about it because uh, I just wrote my uh, personal mission statement half a year before and it had a really huge impact on my life. So I thought, well, I, I have something to say about this. And the most funny thing is that two weeks after publishing my book, uh, they published uh, the book of Stephen Covey about the same exact topic. So <laughs> it wasn't empty space anymore. Which yeah. I think in the end helped my book. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, what I love about that too is, you know, I think sometimes there's a struggle for a lot of people, and I struggle with this, of thinking that my ideas are not new ideas, or they're not unique ideas, or they're not good enough ideas to put in paper, or whatever else. And you mentioned having a friend that encouraged you to say, hey, no, no, this is actually really good. You need to get it done. I just think it's so important to have people like that around us who, you know, are willing to look at what we're doing and go, hey, you can do this, like have a little bit of encouragement because I think the reality is a lot of the books that come out today, somebody probably already said some variation of that at some point in the last, you know, 2000 years. But I think that each of us have our own unique life experience and stories and shaping of those ideas that are worth telling. And I think a lot of people could learn a lot from you to say, hey, just take some time and write something every day. Well, even if it's just a paragraph, like write a paragraph about something that you find interesting and you never know, somebody else might find interesting as well. Absolutely. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the personal mission statement thing. And I asked that because I do not personally have a personal mission statement right now. I was at a conference a couple of weeks ago and they asked about this. I've heard about it before, but not actually done it myself. We have a mission statement for our company and we've talked about the idea of one for our family at home, but I, I don't, definitely don't have one personally. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that might be something that's helpful for people that are listening how, maybe one, how can I write my own personal mission statement? And two, what's the value of, of doing that in the first place? Well, writing itself is a good exercise uh, just to crystallize your thoughts about your life, your mission, and so on. But the uh, whole magic is in using your personal mission statement. Uh, it's, it's like affirmation, but you really work on it uh, by yourself, it's what uh, inside what's in, inside your head, and 
then there are your own words. So you don't feel like an imposter when saying these things, yeah, because you came up with them and they are not imposed on you from outside. So you really believe what you say. And when you say it every day, then it changes your thinking. Uh, that's how I, I really attribute that I am a writer right now. I attribute to the words I wrote in my personal mission statement, which were, I'm becoming a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Covey in Seven Habits says that you should use the present tense when writing yes. a personal mission statement. But I just wasn't prepared to, to say, I am a writer because I yeah. wasn't. Yeah, that, right. that was false. So I wrote, I'm becoming a writer. Mm. And at that moment, I was so clueless that I didn't even know that writers write. Yeah. Right. As yeah. you said, it took That's me great. almost two months to, to get to that realization. So, uh, and I, but I was repeating every single day the statement many, many times. I'm becoming a writer. I'm becoming a writer. I'm becoming a writer. And it starts to change your mindset, your thinking patterns. Our brain is just a huge filtering mechanism. And when you change those filters, it starts to looking for the ways to fulfill those, those words. That's why I was able, I stumbled for like four months before I got to this idea of writing uh, that particular book. I started a few blogs and they were failures. I wrote a short story, a fiction short story in Polish, and it was just decimated by, by critics mm. uh, on a literary forum. And rightfully so, because, well, my writing uh, stunk at, at that time. But for nonfiction, it's not so essential. Yeah, It's more important what you say than how you say it. Mm. Uh, so... And well, English is not much this language, which you can obviously hear, but I know what I am talking about when I was writing uh, this book. Uh, coming back to, to uh, how you do this. So my formula is simple. Examine yourself to the verge of insanity. Mm. Ask yourself questions. Imagine yourself in different situations. Uh, my favorite uh, exercise, mental exercise is uh, imagining imagining my funeral and i am thinking what would people ta- tell about me my wife my kids my friends my coworkers. yeah and so that's the step one examine uh, yourself the step two is write everything down so after each exercise after each question i was writing down i had like eight sheets of paper full of writing after uh, the diffuse iteration. And then you chisel out non-essentials because you just getting the idea what your mission really is after so much work. And what you say also struck a chord uh, in me, what you say about that I have experience here yeah, that I can convey to, to others I really think that uh, my book, my first book was so successful. It already sold over uh, 6,000 copies uh, because I was struggling with getting my mission 
for long years, for really for 16 years, I was neglecting this activity at all. I didn't set any plans, any goals. Mm. I didn't seriously think about, uh, about my future. And because I really, in, deep inside myself, I, I thought, well, my life just has no sense, which is bollocks, by the way, but uh, that was in my head. And because I struggled so much with that, uh, I was able to pave the road for others. And when they read my book, uh, they get this feeling that, okay, even if I feel like my life has no sense, there is some underlying sense and I get extracted. I love that. There's a couple of things there that I want to draw out that you talked about that I think are really important. Um, I'll work a little bit backwards. The first was, you said one of the first activities was to imagine your own funeral. And ironically, I've not done a personal mission statement, but I did just do a personal life plan. And I actually got mine out of a book called Living Forward by a guy named Michael Hyatt. Love that book. Highly recommend it. They're out there looking for um, a full life plan strategy. And and one of the first things he has you do in that book is imagine your own funeral. And then he has you write like aspirational statements around. He has you like list the top 10 most important people in your life and then write what you would want them to say about you at your funeral. And I think that's kind of what you were saying. Like that's a powerful exercise. And I didn't really realize it until I started to actually put it down in paper and like full transparency. I mean, I was like getting extremely emotional sitting there writing down what my children, you know, might say about me when I'm dead because there was so much impact that I think we get so caught up in the day-to-day whirlwind of life and we forget about like the longevity of, of, of where we're going and, and, and what's next. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, none of us are making it out of this world. Uh, and so what are we going to do with the days that we do have? And that reminds me of what you were talking about, about mindset and repeating positive affirmations over and over in your head. You know, I used to really honestly believe a lot of that stuff was kind of like a little ridiculous and kind of stupid and silly but I actually have just kind of started that practice towards the end of last year. I read the book, uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And he talks a lot about that, like what you say to yourself is what you're going to get out of yourself. And so many of us speak so negatively to ourselves that if we spoke that way to other people, no one would ever want to be around us. And, and I've just started some of these practices that you're talking about that you've been doing for years now at the beginning of this year. And it's had a huge impact on how I feel. Like I just feel better. I'm happier. I'm more content with the days that I do have. I'm more focused on the work that I have. Gosh, I just think there's so much value in in what you're talking about. And it's so amazing to me because, you know, here you and I are on the opposite end of the world. You know, I'm sitting in Florida and the United States. Uh, you're in Poland, which I imagine is quite a bit colder than where I am right now. What's the temperature there right now? Uh, we have very nice uh, winter this year oh, because you? you get all the cold. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we don't get any. I didn't. I, I didn't get any cold down here. We we. Uh, it's actually 82 degrees Fahrenheit to, here today. I don't know what that equates to in Celsius, but uh, it's uh, it's warm. So that's that's Florida. But I think all that mindset stuff, the imagine your own funeral, writing those things down, repeating them over and over, all that stuff that you just mentioned. I just couldn't encourage that more to the people that are listening uh, because it doesn't matter uh, where you're at in the world or where you're at in life or where you're at in business. Those things can and will have big impact on you. And it's not just for 
you know, a, a kooky Tony Robbins event, uh, turns out those things actually have real power and uh, there's real value in, in, in the things that, that those, uh, those people are espousing. So I definitely am interested in, in seeing what you have in writing because I haven't looked at any of your books yet. So I'm, I'm really interested to check some of that out. You mentioned uh, there, one thing I'd like to dig into a little bit more was failures. And you'd said, hey, I had some of these failures along the way, things that didn't go well. A lot of times I think it's easy for others to look at um, somebody and go, well, yeah, well, it's easy for him to say because he's published 16 books. And they don't see all the ones and all the times that things did not go well and how you overcame it. Because I believe perseverance is one of the big like success points for most people. So tell us about one or two of those times where things didn't go very well, one of those failures, and how did you manage to work your way through it and go, okay, this isn't the end, it's just a learning point, how do I move forward? Only one or twice, man, it was just the whole road <laughs> of failures, and uh, I just listened to Entrepreneur Leadership Podcast, and uh, they were talking about that failure is really bad word to use. It's just a learning experience. Uh, failure is fatal and, and final. Uh, so, but if you don't give up, it's just a lesson for you to, to pick up uh, along the way and learn and move forward. And I'm big also on persistence. One of my books is called uh, The Art of Persistence. Hmm. And because uh, a few of my friends separately, they didn't know each other and in a span of a few months asked me, man, okay, all right, I get it, habits, doing things every day, but uh, how, how do you keep up with it? How, how do you stay persistent? So I wrote a book about this for them. And sorry, I got to catch up in my own talking and forgot about your question, failures. Okay, uh, failures. So the first one really was this... Uh, critic of my fiction piece at the beginning. Yeah? I had this vision at the very beginning that I will write fantasy in Polish, but then I published this short story in a literary forum and several people commented on it. And well, they were right. It wasn't the best piece of writing in the world. And I was like, okay, so I have needed to work long years to make it work um, and I didn't have those years. I wanted to succeed, succeed uh, more quickly, let's say. <laughs> and it was uh, an option, but I preferred to, to get the success a little bit faster. So I, I was like, crash, what can I do? It, it may take me like five years to, to get where I want to, to get, but what other option I have, really, because it was like, give up or continue, what to do. Mm. And really, after like, first two months with uh, the slightest philosophy, giving up is out of the question, because what what it, it can provide? You can only go back to status quo, to what you had. Uh, nothing can change if you stop. That's really the, the final uh, failure. If you stop uh, trying the other uh, time was in 2016 i had already uh, 14 books published and my sales dwindled to like 200 a month and i made like 300 dollars one month 
and I already was in a mastermind and I paid uh, $350 for membership. So I was in red and mm. I had been on that journey for more than three years and those effects. And I, again, went through this, this uh, thinking cycle. What can I do? What can I do? Giving up was not an option, really. Because what I, I couldn't achieve anything by giving up. Yeah, I could like start something else, but I invested in writing um, so many years and I've seen others succeeding. So I tell you just one month after that, I discovered Amazon ads for books and my sales skyrocketed. Uh, since December 2016, I never sold less than 750 copies of my books. And this January, I started officially a business in Poland and I'm marketing uh, books for other authors. That's great. I mean, I love that idea of, you know, giving up is not an option. I think that sometimes, you know, what happens with a lot of people is they just give up too quickly and they forget uh, most of the most successful people in the world have had a lot more failure than they have success. And they spent a lot of time. I mean, my, one of my favorite examples is Abraham Lincoln. You know, he, he was like one of the biggest failures of all time. And yet now he's, you know, in history is considered one of the greatest American presidents to ever live. So how does that happen? You know, and ultimately it's perseverance. He just decided, I am not going to quit. I am never going to give up. I'm going to keep pushing. And now we idolize him as a as a hero of American culture. But what if he'd given up after his first child died or after he lost his wife or after he lost his first three or four or five congressional races? I mean, the guy was like a major loser, really. But that somehow he ended up on a stump and able to give a speech and able to be at the right place at the right time because he kept persevering. And, and that's where the, the real power is. Uh, I'd love to transition just a little bit. And we've talked a lot about business and we talked about mindset and personal mission statements. I think all those things have a lot of value. One of the things that always is interesting to me in any conversation is a talk about work-life balance. And that means something different to everybody. For some people, uh, like a Elon Musk, he believes you know you need to work 100 hours plus a week. And if you don't, then uh, you're not going to be successful in business. I tend to not agree with that camp, but I also don't own Tesla. So um, there's that. Uh, But I'd love to hear what you think about it. I don't even love the term work-life balance. I actually like the term work-life blender because I think you just kind of throw it all in the blender and it gets mixed up and and that's what comes out. So what does that even mean to you, work-life balance? And how have you found time? I know that you have three children you know, and you've been married actually about the same amount of time that I have over 15 years. So how do you balance that marriage, parenthood, business? writing, which requires a lot of focus and still feel like you're coming out at the end of the day going, Hey, this is a, this is a good life I'm living. Well, I didn't balance it very well. (laughs) That's the set true. And it's hard to really, Uh, I had this full-time job while hustling along the way. So I didn't do the best job in the world, uh, balancing my work and, and my family. Uh, but like over a year ago, I decided, no, 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 it's, it's just going down the sink. My family life, I need mm. to do something with that. So one of my goals for 
the past year was to spend at least one hour with each of my kids and my wife, uh, one hour a week, just quality time mm -hmm. at least. And well, I succeeded more often than not, fortunately. And also I, uh, last year I downsized my day job to half time and quarter time. So uh, I had this additional time right now. And now I'm, it's like uh, after battle, I have to pick up pieces and, and, and really put up my family again. Uh, and I would say that was temporal because I was obsessed with changing my life really. And the st being stuck in my day job was not an option. Uh, so I, invested heavily in this side hustle. On the other hand, I also quit on practically every empty, uh, sorry for the English word, entertainments. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped reading fiction almost entirely. I stopped playing computer games and, and I invested in my personal development. I woke up one hour earlier than usual and journaled and meditated, prayed, exercised, uh, listened to podcast, podcasts, and uh, also throughout the day, I was trying to smuggle small things I could do. Like I, most of my books I wrote on the on the trains during on, on trains during the commute to to work and for work. So well, and I'm overly critical. My wife is saying that I am great at my kids are saying that uh, I did an um, okay job, but uh, I know I could do so much better and I'm trying to make up for it right now. Well, you know, I think that's kind of the, one of the points of this podcast is the reality that that is hard. And I mean, that, that's why I titled my book, Building a Business That Lasts Without Sacrificing Family, because I think that I know for me, if I were to just bury myself in business, I could make a lot more money. I know how to make more money. I've done it for a long time and uh, I'm not like filthy rich or anything, but I, I know how to do it. I know how to sell. I know how to create products. I can pull that off, but at what cost? And for me, the cost I'm not willing to sacrifice is my marriage and my children. And I have had to learn to be able to go, hey, I'm, I'm going to turn this off right now. And I'm going to go focus on them. And it's still hard. I mean, I've been in business for over 20 years now. And, and we've grown year over year, every single year for 20 years. But it's still hard for me to step back and go, okay, I need to, my wife and I need a date where I don't have my phone with me. And I need to go take one of my kids out to go play without having my phone or my laptop available. And I need to go on vacation, you know, and take a couple of days without being connected to the internet. But it's hard. And I think that's why I love you know, having somebody like you on the show is that you're able to kind of have that transparent reality of, Hey, I'm, st I'm still working on it. And so am I, like, I think everybody is. And sometimes we need to hear that because I think we see this perfect picture of so many people on Instagram and on Facebook and LinkedIn and wherever else. And we're all trying to put our best foot forward and appear as good as we can and all this kind of stuff. And that's great. I mean, I, you know, nobody wants to look like a loser on the internet, but I think that we, we do some damage to ourselves and to our friends by not going, hey, yeah, I am struggling with these things still, but I'm working on it and I'm trying to make it better. And here's, to go back to your original point, here's some of the small things I'm doing every single day 
to have impact in those areas. I think that is is absolutely huge advice. So many people try and do so many big things, and that's not bad. But sometimes I've found just doing the little things every day make a huge difference. We're almost out of time. And so I'd love for you, any partner who maybe is working at a corporate about their own side business or, you know, they just started something and they're not sure if they can make it work because they're going through their first round of failures. You know, what are some of the things you might speak into their lives uh, that you think would have value from your own experience? Uh, first of all, really ruminate very, very deeply about what your life is about. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what you just said about this funeral uh, exercise, it's, it's really, really powerful, and I, I cannot recommend it enough. Once you know your mission, your why, then quitting is really not an option. And first you have to figure out what is it. Then you have to remind yourself every single day. That's why I said that in the personal mission statement, creating is, is like 10% of the job. Then you have to use it every day. Uh, so... Every day I open up my eyes and I start repeating my personal statement every single day. And I record it in audio and listen to it uh, from time to time. So I remind myself about it constantly because otherwise, well, what Jim Rohn said, yeah, uh, if you don't have a plan for your life, someone else will have and guess what they have for you. Not much. Uh, and it's all about perseverance. Uh, people of success, they just underline time after time after time that success is a result of perseverance. Uh, so I encourage everyone to do this simple exercise. Put, type into Google words success and perseverance and observe the number of results. It's about 4% of the results of success is perseverance. Like you know, one billion for success and uh, and four million for for perseverance. So it's amazing how people overlook this this thing that we have to keep going, keep going. And so the the best piece of advice I have is to never give up on the things that are important for you. And I got that from my mentor Craig Ballantyne. Michal, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to find you or find your books, uh, where's the best place for them to find you online? Well, if you can type my name uh, uh, in, in Google, uh, I'm everywhere. So Amazon, Medium, Quora, uh, my blog, expandbeyondyourself.com. It's really uh, easy to find me. So let me give people how do you actually spell your name because uh, I probably butchered it already a thousand times. First name is M-I-C-H-A-L and the last name is S-T-A-W-I-C-K-I. First name is pronounced Howell. Is that right? Exactly. And when Americans see my name for the first time, they, they call me Michal Stawicki. So maybe that way they will <laughs> find me uh, online. Thank you so much for being on the show. I've enjoyed your story. Uh, it makes me want to persevere. It makes me want to fight through the difficult days, and I hope it does for everybody that is out there listening. Thanks again. Uh, thanks for having me. That was a blast. Thank you very much. I hope this episode has given you some ideas or inspiration that will help you grow your business. 
If you found it helpful and you know somebody else who might benefit from it as well, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to share this with them, maybe on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, or even shoot an email over to a friend uh, with a link to this podcast in it. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our email list at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com.